0: Hello, and welcome back to the Court Sense podcast. I'm your host, Brian McInnes, and this episode we're going back to having a player of more recent vintage come on the show. It's none other than A.V., Aaron Valdez, a key player on Hawaii's NCAA tournament team of 2016, who's played as a pro the last three years in Mexico, with two championships to show for it. Valdez was a great story. He arrived as a walk-on, an explosive, if somewhat raw 6'5'' athlete. Who could turn any skirmish into a tip-dunking exhibition. By the time he was finished, he'd honed his game to be an all-around wing player, he is one of three players in program history to record a triple-double, and at 975 points, he's number 18 in the UH record books. He did it while playing for three different head coaches. Valdez went out as the 2016 Big West Tournament MVP and a second-team All-Big West pick. With still a season to play, albeit under the shadow of NCAA sanctions on the program. Find out how he feels now about his decision to leave early, his thoughts in these socially turbulent times, and what might lie ahead of him in the pro ranks. Here we go. right i'm joined by aaron valdez many of you will remember from the rainbow warrior basketball teams of 2014 to 2016 in particular but he was a (laughs) four-year member of the team he redshirted his first year and then grew into an all-conference player aaron valdez welcome to the court science podcast man
1: Uh, thanks for having me brian glad to be on talk with you a little bit
0: yeah man it's uh an interesting time. It has been an interesting time these last few weeks. You know, I've had guests come on and and talk about a little bit of what's going on in the country. From you know Artie Wilson touched on it to uh, Coach Aran Ganat, your coach at UH mm-hmm. the last few years, or uh, actually I, I should say your senior year because you had three different three different coaches <laughs> during your tenure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, just how's this moment kind of striking you with with everything going on? as we see yeah. just daily right now?
1: Uh, it's hard, uh, personally for me because I don't know if many people knew, but my mom's in law for law enforcement. So with all that going on, it's kind of hard to say certain, like talk out about certain topics, especially with how everything's going right now. It's either you're on one side or the other. Basically, there's no really in the middle. So, but, um, it's, it's difficult, but you're starting to see, open your eyes and seeing like how much stuff really out there is a problem and how much we need to change as a country and as people. So. I think it's very important for people to listen. And I think you're starting to see the people that are like making changes and the people are just sitting back and watching it happen, you know? So I think it's good for the community. It's good for the world and good for our country in general that this is not the bad stuff happening, but like just people talking about and bringing awareness to the situation finally.
0: Right. And yesterday was Juneteenth, which I -hmm. think maybe had its most uh, awareness of that date probably maybe ever. Um, What, I guess, did that day mean to you? And and you you were active on social media, have been active the last several Mm -hmm. weeks um, on this issue. So what kind of happened for you yesterday in particular?
1: Um, So for me personally, I didn't really know too much of going into about it. So me, like mostly a lot of people, I had to, I wanted to learn about it and research more. So I think I used yesterday a lot to educate myself on uh, the past and all the stuff that's happened between um, slavery and Jim Crow and all that stuff that's happened. And even to this day, how stuff, not much stuff has changed and how it's just, they kind of changed the wording around certain things and not really changed what's happening, actually the actions. So I think just educating myself and I kind of tweeted that yesterday, is just educate yourself today. And that was yesterday I tweeted that just to people open their eyes and just read about it. And you see so much stuff on social media of people posting and, different things I've never seen or even like thought of. So like yesterday, like the top 10 most influential women, black women in history that created stuff that wouldn't be around, like stuff like that I never knew about. So like, I think it's good that people are doing that and learning. And I'm not posting it to, to get people mad or it. I'm posting it to help people learn, like I'm learning about it. So if I, if I post in something, I learned, just learned about it and I want other people to read about it too as well.
0: What's the feedback of those postings that you've done kind of been like?
1: It's been good. A lot of my friends have reached out. A lot of my friends have been like, wow, like that's interesting, like really cool or like really cool to like lean on and see about it, like seeing other people and like seeing other people talk about the issues and awareness that aren't of the same color or stuff as us, like having Coach Oranga not speak out and you don't see many college coaches speaking out. And that's the problem right now because you have a lot of African-American college basketball coaches and you have these players that are in college. And I feel like this is an issue that you should bring awareness to and maybe have these Zoom calls with your team and stuff. So seeing Coach cannot talk about it, and I've seen they've had meetings about stuff like this on their Zoom calls. So I have a lot of respect for Coach and doing that stuff and just bringing awareness to his team too and letting them have the open floor and talk about it too.
0: Yeah. Do you think like, you know, the whole the Black Lives Matter movement, um, some of these protests that have been, for the most part, peaceful, obviously there's been some violence as well yeah do, do you think or hope that you know maybe there can be some some lasting change for you know your generation and the ones to come
1: I absolutely think there sh- there could be because I think we have smart enough people in this generation that are making changes and actually going out there and being about it not just talking about it and you see on social like these people walking and protesting and just marching for like seven days straight like they're out there every day doing it and It's just awesome to see. It's great to see as a community, everybody coming together and fighting for something that they really want. And I think it is going to bring change because I think it's opening the eyes of a lot of people that maybe just turn their cheek to it or just aren't aware of it. So it's not their fault that they're not aware of it, but we just want to bring awareness to them and let them know, like, hey, this is happening to us or this is happening to our people or other people. So I think it's good
0: yeah man and you mentioned your mom is a police officer right or a law enforcement officer Um, Mm -hmm. have you had a chance to you know talk to her or you and your brothers you have a few brothers um you guys as a family have you a chance to kind of talk about all those issues
1: we did we just shared our feelings and what we thought she asked them questions she talked about like what hurts and seeing people post stuff and um just certain certain terms and stuff coming out the police and stuff like I agree that not all cops are bad people and that's the biggest one of the issues right now is everybody's labeling all the cops. But at the same time, I kind of shared it too. Is like, well, they're labeling all African-Americans in the same category, like in the same way. So it's kind of going back and forth with that. So it's interesting to hear um, other people's point of view on stuff, but also like your own family members to hear them. And sometimes if you don't agree on stuff, then you talk about it. there's are starting stuff, um, like defunding the police. I mean, maybe defund. I don't know how I feel about that, because uh, there are pros and cons to it. But I think there is maybe just a little bit too much money in that. And maybe I have to research more and learn more about that stuff, too, as well. So that's it- good. I think talking about it is a big thing, and that's what most people are missing out on, because people are going straight to the action and try- causing more trouble sometimes. But talking about it is also... A very helpful way especially with your family and staying quiet is not i don't think now's not the time to stay quiet about it
0: gotcha uh well you just came off was it your third professional season in mexico third yeah third season in a row being in mexico right right and you won the championship of the uh of the, the mexico league that's the uh lnbp right the liga Nacional yeah. de Baloncesto uh, professional yeah i think
1: they yeah, they changed it a couple of times. Okay, <laughs> so okay. But yeah, um, it was my second three years, so it was really awesome, especially um, this past season because I was on a different team. So um, being able to get traded back halfway through the season, and um, I no, wasn't really
0: soles like, Solez, D, Mexicali? So was,
1: yeah, so I started this season on uh, Durango, city in Durango, called the um uh, Lumberjacks. And we actually were pretty good. we were in a playoff spot, but then I think like the last like two games I was there, we lost and they just like kind of flipped out and just wanted to fold the team and just get rid of everybody. So I was lucky enough to go back to my old team. Um, I know a couple of other of my teammates went to less teams with like maybe less mayor, not as good, talented, but uh, I was very lucky and fortunate enough to go back to that team. But it was kind of, it was kind of difficult at first when I went back because that team was very was very very well coached team a very stacked team uh i've never been on a team where 1 through 12 guys could start on any team in that league and that was our team this year which was really interesting so like i don't think we had one player playing more than 25 minutes a game like the whole season wow wow so yeah it was very interesting um so i had to work my way um once i got back there and then come around playoff time i started gaining a lot more minutes 20 25 minutes maybe and kind of earned my way back to top six rotation top seven nice so it was was really good
0: would you say that your game you know have you just kind of taken the game that you showed here at UH and you know advanced that type of game or has your game changed at all in the the last few years since we've kind of seen you out here
1: Uh, I think it's changed I'm trying to put more fundamentals more trying to do more on the court and just um, one-dimensional or two-dimensional player like just shooting or just driving I'm trying to switch it up more. Um, I have taken more of a a bigger spot on defense, trying to be the main defender on the team and taking the best player off the other team. So um, I think the finals in the fi- uh, finals of this last year, um, I did a really good job in playing, and they had me guarding the best player, who was like a Puerto Rican national player, one of the top players in Puerto Rico. So it was really fun. I find it fun guarding the best player on the team because it gives you a challenge and keeps you motivated the whole game. So I find it fun. But yeah, so I I just try to change my game a little bit. Not, not too much dunks, but still when I got a fast break, try to do something fun for the crowd and stuff.
0: Nice. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll be seeing some of those dunk highlights on on Twitter every, every so often. Um, that, that definitely looks familiar from I think what a lot of people remember you for out here for sure. Yeah. Um, Aaron, I don't think a lot of people, you know, have seen the, the pro league in Mexico, you know, in the States at least. And, um, you know, what would be kind of something you would tell people about that league that they don't know or what makes it kind of interesting or, or unique?
1: Uh, very talented league. There's a lot of very talented, uh, Mexican players that maybe you didn't know in college were Mexican, but you see them now and you're like, whoa, this guy was Mexican. Um, I know one of my teammates my first year, Orlando Mendez, uh, he played on Western Kentucky when they went to like the Sweet 16, uh, and stuff. They lost to UCLA and stuff, but like I remember watching him on, NCAA tournament, I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then this guy's my teammate. Uh, a couple years later, I'm like, wow, I remember, you like, watching you in the tournament and everything. And then Lorenzo Mata, who played at UCLA um, on those Final Four teams, uh, he, he's actually one of the closest people I am on that team. He was my roommate on the road and everything. But, um, like, watching him in those Final Four teams when they played Florida and like, Joe Quinoa and then like, you see him, and then now you're playing in with these guys. So it's really cool to see him. But um there's a lot of good talent, a lot of young players in that league, um that are Mexican the imports are very good. We get a lot of G League guys that come in, a lot of um overseas, a lot of Latin American players. Um it's actually pretty fun. We have a couple big West players in there. Um Barry Ochedu who played at Long Beach State and then Mamadou was in the league this year.
0: Oh no way. Which is pretty
1: funny. Yeah, he was he was actually pretty good this year. He was averaging like fourteen and like eight rebounds but uh he was he was actually doing really good. He's actually my last game at Durango was against him, and he's the reason why our team folded basically because this guy had like twenty four and twenty rebounds on us. Oh. and just like straight all straight dunks and it was a mate it was hilarious to watch though.
0: he ended the franchise basically yeah this season <laughs> it was pretty crazy that i mean that's unfortunate for for you and your teammates, <laughs> but i mean that's that's kind of cool if you're him like yeah. You yeah, just... exactly.
1: Man. <laughs> Shut down our team pretty much. Wow. Made us look bad, yeah.
0: Oh man. Um how's like the crowds and you know the fan experience out there? Like is everyone yelling at you guys in Spanish oh, like what's going on?
1: It's it's so much fun. I think the fans are like the best part about being in Mexico to me at least. Um they're very passionate. When you go to away games, it's a real away game like it's crazy. Um they're yelling at you. They have drums. They have smoke going up in the air throwing stuff so it's a lot of fun um, I know our games from the first from the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter they're playing drums the whole game so like I remember going to a bat um, after season was over this year I went to the Long Beach State Hawaii game at Long Beach and uh, the game started I didn't even know the game started because I'm used to Mexico where the drums are going off and everything and like the game was so quiet at Long Beach I was like oh crap like two minutes went by and everybody's already playing so it's funny but it's uh it's really cool out there. I enjoy it.
0: It sounds almost like a like a soccer crowd. Like you see those yeah. wild soccer crowds with the drums and stuff.
1: Definitely have the flags going in the crowd, everything. Wow. So it's a lot of fun. They really get you going, really uh get you pumped up and motivated to play, so it's a lot of fun.
0: How's uh how's your uh Spanish, your Espanol?
1: <laughs> it's alright. Uh speaking of it is still a bit of a challenge in full sentences. I could order food, which is pretty good. It's a good start, but um, Understanding it and other people talking to me in Spanish, I can understand it. But once they start speaking 100 miles an hour, I lose it. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so slow Spanish, I can do it. But when they start speaking fluently and everything, I lose it. I lose track of where they're talking about. And so, I, but I'm learning.
0: You're, a, I mean, you're a, a multi-ethnic, multi-multicultural guy, right? Like um, you have da- some um, Latin American background, Cuban yeah. background. Um
1: mm-hmm. My dad's Cuban. My mom's Mexican and black. So it's definitely an interesting mix.
0: Now, do, do they require in the league, like I know, say, in Europe, that like for any given countries or any given league in particular countries, like a certain number of players on the team need to be like either from that country or have some of that mm-hmm. background. Is it the same over there? Yeah,
1: so my first two years, you are allowed only three imports, so three guys out of the country. And then this year, they made it four, which I personally didn't like because you're not really seeing Mexican players on the floor. In their own country, you're seeing basically all Americans playing, like all the Americans playing. And like me, I was, I'm Mexican. I have my passport and everything, but I'm not, I wasn't born in Mexico. Like I'm not. So it's interesting to see because the team we we're playing in Samas, it was basically like five Americans with Mexican passports and five Mexicans with, it's crazy. So, um but you're allowed for this past year. I don't know what they're going to do this year, but yeah, and the rest
0: have to be Mexican.
1: Gotcha. So but, you, you
0: have a Mexican passport.
1: Yeah, I got. they got me my Mexican passport. So, my first year, um, I had to sit out like half the season because they wanted to wait and get me my passport, or else I would have been playing at the import.
0: I see. So, I, I see. waited.
1: And then halfway through the season, I got my passport and was able to play.
0: So, you, does that mean yeah. you have dual citizenship? Yep. Um, oh, have wow. To. So,
1: uh, two summers ago, I was able to work out with the Mexican national team mm-hmm. and everything, which was like an awesome experience. I loved it. Um, just, it was a great experience. But I think you're only allowed one player that's not born in the country, but has the passport. But we had like four really good guys. Juan Toscano, who's like Rod Bobbitt's best friend that went to Marquette. Uh, okay. He's the naturalized player playing for them. Uh, we have another one that went to Wyoming, Luke Martinez, who was on my team that was playing. So there's a, there's like a line of people that have the passport, but more important, Mexico, that are basically waiting for the national team. So it's right. interesting how they do it and how they
0: pick it. Gosh. Gotcha. Would would you go back for another year there? I there I know their season is a little staggered from a lot of others. I think um you finished in maybe February or so and that was you you guys had your championship probably before any of the COVID no. stuff came down, whereas most leagues got shut down. So
1: yeah. um, what was that we got, like? We got really lucky. So what's scary was when I first got traded back to Mexicali, I was there for like a week. And we, I played like two games with them and then we had the all-star break. So I was supposed to go to the all-star game, but the morning of, I got really sick and like, like flu symptoms and all like, Uh Oh, but like nothing about COVID was out yet. Nothing. And then, so I texted my coach. i like, Hey, I can't go or anything. And they are, right, we'll take you to the hospital because two other guys are sick. So there was like three of us at the hospital now waiting. I went home and then one of my other teammates went home, but one had to stay and he was literally in the hospital for like two weeks because he had, like a fever he had the 100 degree fever everything and then um the next day four of our other teammates texted our uh, trainer and said oh we're all sick. we all have the flu so i'm not sure if we had it but we had something where the whole team got it within a day wow and yeah we literally had we're supposed to fly to go to our next game which is an away game and we literally had to postpone our game because our whole team couldn't fly because everybody was sick. so like it was a crazy week when i was there but um yeah, we got lucky because the virus hit after we won, and there was a bunch of people going to Puerto Rico because the Puerto Rican league starts right after Mexico. Mm. And they're literally out there for a week and had to come home and like didn't get paid or anything. So uh, we're all talking, we're like, man, we got, we basically barely made it out with our money and everything, or else they would have canceled it.
0: Whew. So uh, yeah,
1: I was very, very thankful for that.
0: So to this day, are you kind of one of the probably many. Many people, and just anecdotally, I know of a handful of people just that I know like who think they maybe had COVID and, and just recovered and never knew about it.
1: Yeah, honestly, uh I'm like 50-50 on if I had it or not, uh-huh, but uh-huh. I, we had to have something crazy because they did the nose swab where they stick the thing all the way up your nose. That's probably the craziest thing I've ever had happened to me because I didn't know how to act because they literally like, okay, ready, and then just go boom, like, all the way up. So it's it was interesting, but, uh, but that came back I'd, negative. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't really have it. Hopefully, but okay. <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting to see the COVID cases come out and then be like, "Oh, we're all sick!" Like a couple months ago.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. So, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you just turn 27?
1: Yeah, just turned 27. Five days ago, I
0: think? Right. We have 20, the same birthday, yeah. by the way. I don't know if oh, you Oh, yeah, do that. yeah. There you
1: go. <laughs> yeah. You texted You messaged me, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm exactly 10 years older than you. That's uh, <laughs> depressing. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, that's 27. I mean, you get to, to kind of your, – you're creeping towards your late 20s. I mean, that's considered basketball prime for a lot of guys. And um, what, what do you feel like you want to do with that? Where do you think you can go based on the experience you've had, like you said, winning two titles in three
1: years? Uh, I just want to keep improving, and I want to keep – just keep this going as long as I can. I know that basketball is not forever, and can't play it at a high level forever. So I just want to keep going as long as I can, keeping my body healthy, keeping my mind healthy, and just staying sharp. So I can. So when a team does call, I'll be ready. So I think one of the places I really want to play is Australia. The Australia League is really cool. I think the NBL, I think it's called. Um, that's one of my main goals to go to, or Europe in general. Just trying to get to Euro League or something. Um, I know G League is a possibility for this upcoming year for me, and I know I, I want to try out for it. And just to, even if I don't make it or anything, just to tell myself I was able to do it and try out and I gave it a chance would be big for me just mentally. All
0: right. And I know that Australia League, the NBL, like you said, it's, it's on the upswing, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, They're, more prominent guys. I mean, Andrew Bogut went back there and played, and, um, Josh
1: Childress was over there. So they get a lot of, a lot of good players over there and it's a very athletic league. So I think I would be able to fit in over there. No problem.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, well, Aaron, you know, we're talking about your your pro hoops career and you're already like a handful of years in, into that thing. Um, I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, how maybe improbable that that would be based on your basketball roots to the college level and what you were doing in high school, because while you, you play it and you, you know, you were able to have some success. You were known as a water polo guy. That that was yeah. your, that was where you were getting like the most attention by far, right?
1: Yeah. Um, so I was even big on water polo. I, me personally, I don't even think my parents really know because I don't. I never tell them. But I personally wanted to play water polo in college, and I just had a different love for it. I enjoyed playing it. I was always my mind was always free when I was playing it. And high school basketball for me was just difficult. I didn't have the best coach who helped me and stuff, developed me or anything. So um, I just found a love for water polo and just kept playing. Um, so like summers, I wasn't really playing AU basketball. I was playing club water polo and stuff, doing like junior Olympics and stuff. So um, when it came time to make a decision, uh, something my parents told me kind of stuck with me where they said, or my brother kind of said it too, is was like basketball, you have so many options for the future. And you could have overseas, you can go to the NBA, you can do all this stuff. Waterpool, there's really nothing after college. It's, you're done with your career. Like, you go, you go playing like Hungary or stuff, but guarantee to you get your like, beat up quite a bit over there <laughs> just playing because those guys are rough. But, um, yeah, I just, I thought about that in my future and stuff. I just felt basketball would probably be the best option going further. So, uh, It was tough walking away from it and not being able to play. Like my last year, I didn't play club water polo and I really wanted to, and kind of missed out on that because I basically after my last high school game when we won CIF we won the championship. My last game that was the last time I ever played water polo. Wow. And like thinking, yeah, thinking about that, like dang, that was like really my last game, and you don't really think about it until like a couple of years later, you know, like playing the sport anymore. But sometimes I get in the pool and stuff and play, but it's not the same.
0: How did you get started on that, by the way? Because that's, I mean, that's not a sport that that a lot of uh, guys play.
1: Yeah, so my brother, my oldest brother, Andrew, was playing basketball too, but one of his best friends who was playing basketball, um, it was, water polo is the first season, and then basketball follows it. So they needed to find a sport to play to stay in shape. So his best friend played water polo and then told him, like, hey, come on, play enjoy. and join. So my brother started playing. And then I just remember like his junior and senior year, I was going to all his games and stuff and they're really they're a really good team and they had all younger brothers that like my age. And like we all hung out too, but and then I started playing age group with them, so like their brother, my brother and their brothers were playing, and then I was playing with the younger brothers, so it was kinda cool. So we all kinda grew up together and started playing high school. Um, this is so all he, in like he, Southern he kinda,
0: California. Yeah,
1: all in LA. Whittier. So Just I started playing age group, and I wasn't too good, so I was still in basketball mode. And then my sophomore year of high school, I just randomly got good and just started swimming more and everything and then pulled me up. And then that's how it kind of just happened because I wasn't really sure if I was going to play – like I was going to play in high school but not like super hard, you know, like Mm -hmm. try to be like on varsity as a sophomore or stuff like that. I was just playing just to stay in shape or something, but then it kind of just took off from there.
0: Yeah. So and, it was,
1: and then my sophomore year, I was able to play with my third oldest brother, Matthew, on varsity, which is a really cool experience because I've never got to play with my brothers and stuff. So it was really cool to do that.
0: Nice. So and you mentioned you got to like do some kind of junior junior national kind of level stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, like, do, do you think there was a pathway to, to, you know, progress to maybe the national level or, or some of the national kind I, of competitions that?
1: I think I could have if I if I would have put more time to it, but I think I actually got my sophomore year of high school. My AA club water polo coach came up to me and said, "Hey, would you try out for the junior national team?" And I said, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay, well, you have to quit basketball." And I said, "Whoa, I don't know about that because I'm like in the middle of the season and stuff." And he's like, "Well, it's kind of that's going to be a year-round thing, so you're going to have to choose one." Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kinda of when I started shifting more towards basketball and knew that it was gonna be my future more than water polo was. Cause that was a big decision I was gonna to have to make and I don't know if I was ready to just step away from basketball like that.
0: Well and you did pursue that and I believe you put in a year of prep school, right? Um which yeah. allowed you to get notice enough that um Gib Arnold took a took a flyer on you and um mm-hmm. extended you kind of a, you know, preferred walk on spot or whatnot.
1: Yeah, he gave me the preferred walk-on, uh, two years, and then, um, after that, you get a scholarship, which kind of, kind of drama fell through that. So when he left, but, uh, yeah, he helped me get there, and I'm thankful for Gibb, for getting me there and everything, all the work he did to get me into that school, too, because I know it wasn't easy. So I'm thankful for that.
0: I, I think while you were here, you, you might have mentioned at the time, like uh, maybe your second or year, year or something, when I would be asking you about water polo, like you ever get a chance to like, you know, jump in and, you know, com- like there's no yeah, men's yeah. water polo team at UH, but.
1: Um, yeah, I I got in a couple of times with uh, a couple of the girls on the team and like shot around and stuff, which is pretty cool because it just brought back memories. But other than that, I didn't really get in too much. But uh, when I was in Mexico, I know when I was training with the national team, I hurt my ankle. And they're like, is there anything you want to do? I was like, yeah, like if I could do pool workouts, that'd be perfect. So it was really cool. They had me, they got me into like the pool and everything, like had me swimming on the Olympic pool out there. So it was really cool.
0: Go back to, to your back roots a little thing.
1: bit. Yeah, exactly. Like they're like, Oh, do you need like a center? It's like, no, I know what to do in here. Like I've been around the water. <laughs> no. Well, so it, was, it was cool. Uh,
0: Aaron, You, I mean, like I said, you, you spent four total years at UH, you had a, a chance, or at least an opportunity, to to do a fifth year if you so chose. That obviously would have been coming off the, you know, arguably the best year in Hawaii basketball history. You guys win the Big West regular season and tournament. You go, you win your first round game against Cal in the NCAA tournament. Set a program record for wins with twenty eight. All that under the umbrella, the you know the the NCAA laying the smackdown sanctions wise based on. You know, things that they investigated would have affected the next year had you stayed that final year for you. There was a postseason ban and all that stuff, which they ended up rescinding, but only on the eve of the Big West tournament. So it effectively yeah. was in place for any decision making that you would have had going forward. Do you ever think about, you know, what would happen had I stayed that last year? You know, would that have helped the guys get over what they dealt with or not?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think if I went back now, I, I probably would have stayed because my thing was I was never going to go to a different school. I don't think I would not have transferred because I wouldn't have wanted to play for anybody and start over. I would have. It was either Hawaii or just sleep. So um, it kind of made me mad because I remember watching the tournament and then them announcing. I was like, are you kidding me? Like if I would have known this or even if I would have known we had a chance to come back or have a chance to not go to a postseason ban. I would have came back or like done school so but like I think my last year I was just kind of checked out after season and stuff it was just over everything yeah and it kind of hurt with school wise and stuff because I wasn't really doing classes as much as I should have so I kind of stepped away from everything after season ended but um I think looking back I I made a mistake and I should have stayed I think but you know everything happens for a reason I think there's a reason for leaving and I think it happens, and I think there's something better in store maybe. Or So mm-hmm. you never really know what happens if I were to say maybe we don't get the ban or maybe they don't take it off and I'm stuck there without going to a postseason or something. So you never know what happens right. in those and situations.
0: That that moment of – or that anger or frustration you felt, was that when, like on the eve of the tournament, the NCAA said, like, did you hear about that right away? And
1: Oh, I was watching when they announced it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it was live TV and they announced Hawaii. And then I got the notification on my phone. And then literally, like, three of my best friends texted me the same screenshot. And I was like, yeah, I already know. So it was – I think it was wrong because none of the players that were the problem with that sanction were on that team. Mm -hmm. And they still punished us for it, which wasn't fair. And I think we get the short end of the stick while those guys that were there didn't really get punished or anything. So I think it it was unfair to us in our class because I think we we could have gone back-to-back, I think, and won the Big West again the next year if everybody was there because we would have had Mike, Big Steph, Jenks, me. We probably would have had Two, 'cause because 2 wouldn't have left. So Negus probably would have – we had a crazy team because we all had one more year.
0: <laughs> right, right. So
1: that's yeah. one of the craziest what-ifs.
0: <laughs> right, man. Um yeah, you know what what else kinda comes back to mind for you when you think about your, your kind of time there in totality? Three different head coaches starting with Gibb, you you stayed through the the interim year with Benji and then going to Coach Gannat, who was the coach when you guys achieved your greatest things. So um what was that four years like for you in total?
1: Uh every year was different, which is really crazy to me. Like my first year where I registered it was just quiet, not much going on. I don't even think we had that many fans out of the game because we weren't too good. And then my second year kind of picked up a little. We had, I think we still had Christian and Spearman and stuff on the team. But, like, I still didn't feel like I was part of that team. I was part of it, but I didn't feel like I was contributing as much as I could uh, being a redshirt freshman. And then so those two years were kind of quiet to me. And then those next two years was when things got a lot of fun. Um, Benji really helped us a lot because Benji knew we had a lot going on with Gib getting fired, the NCA on us with everything. So Benji really made that year easier for us. And he was basically like a father figure to us on the court and stuff, just helping us out with everything. If we needed anything, he would help us. Um, he was just being a good guy. And I have a lot of respect for, coach. I still keep in contact with them, talk to them all the time, mm-hmm. see how the kids are doing stuff. So it's good. And then, um, Gannat came in. Gannat was straight business and knew what he was doing. He's, I think Gannat being there was what helped us push us to that edge and get that championship because his coaching and Coach Jacobson and Coach, all Coach Acker, we had a great coaching staff that year. And so, like, I think those that year before with Benji prepared us for that year with Gannat and all of them, which helped us a lot. Right, um, right. It was, it was so much fun. I loved Hawaii. I loved the island. everything about it. I still think about all the time there and stuff. Everybody there has been nothing but love for me. Everybody's show me love and everything. Every time I go out there, they ask how my family's doing, how, how Lonnie's doing, my girl. So you really feel that family vibe out there in Ohana and stuff. And that's what I love about it because, to me, family is one of the biggest things. And the way they treat you out there is nothing but love.
0: So, Aaron, like this past year, you got a chance to come back and – um I guess that may have been the most recent time, if I had to guess. Uh, you were an honorary mm-hmm. game captain late in the Big West season, right? hmm Got to so, see the guys, Coach Gannott, all them.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. I got to talk to the guys a little bit. Coach Gannott let me talk to them. kind of sucked because they didn't really get to finish the season two because you never know what happened. Um, but just getting to talk to that group and seeing how young they were, they were like us, Mara. my junior, when we had Benji as a coach, just a bunch of sophomores and juniors ready to take that next step to become that team in the league. So I think they're really close to becoming one, probably the top two, top three teams in that conference. They're not far off. And then I know they have a really good freshman class coming in. So I'm very excited to see what the future has for them. And I know Ganat has them on the right track.
0: All the, you know, the Hawaii basketball team probably gets per capita a lot of attention compared to say a lot of other mid-major programs that might be in like say a, a bigger market like LA, you know, like teams like mm-hmm. Fullerton or Northridge, you know, they, they just yeah. don't get the same level of exposure that you guys had. What, yeah. what, what do you kind of remember about all the media obligations you had during your time here? And <laughs> did that prepare you for, you know, the, the pro life that followed?
1: It was awesome. I mean, I was never really around stuff like that. I mean, I did like talk to like a newspaper and stuff for local newspapers in my area when I was in high school. But, like, seeing all the cameras and, like, the post-game interviews, it was just, like, a real cool feeling to have that. And, like, to see you guys, like, asking us the questions. Like, it just it, – it's cool to have, like, as a young athlete, to have that kind of experience because you see, like, the Kobes and the Jordans get interviews after their games and stuff. And, like, man, like, you kind of, like, like, I don't want that to happen to me. Like, that's really cool. It's so, like, to have that happen, like, for me personally, I think it's cool. I love being interviewed and stuff. I think it's really cool because you just get to talk. <laughs>
0: Were you kind of so, just always like a natural speaker, talker, like when you were growing up?
1: So, no, not really. I mean, I talked a lot when I was younger because I was always hyper, but like even now, like I really don't talk too much in public and stuff, but like when it's like questions and stuff and like interviews, I love doing them because I just, it's fun to like ask people questions or even get asked questions to hear their input on stuff and like just, I don't know, it's just cool to me.
0: All right. Well, I gotta ask you about one thing in particular that came to mind when I was thinking back <laughs> on Aaron Valdez' memories. It was after a practice. I was, I believe, I was waiting for uh, to talk to a couple of you guys right outside the the Hawaii locker room because um, I think the the Neil, our sports information guy, was great. I think he had to go home for the day, so it was just kind of up to me to grab whoever after practice. <laughs> and if I don't know if you you can remember this, uh, I think I'd requested you. And at one point, I was just kind of working on my laptop right outside, and the the door to the locker room cracked open, and I believe it was uh N- Nico and a couple of the other guys pushing like a food cart out of the locker room, <laughs> and uh, co- covered with like a like a blanket or like a curtain over it. <laughs> it and was a laundry basket. The laundry basket. There <laughs> yeah. you go. And I kind of just glanced up, didn't really think anything of it, just come, went back to working on my laptop, and the disappeared down the the, the laundry cart disappeared <laughs> down the hall, and I just hear this laughter just break out. And uh, you came running back saying you had no idea I was under there, huh? Or something like that. <laughs> no, yeah, we
1: loved playing, uh, playing. That was a fun group we had. Everybody loved having fun, pulling pranks on each other. Um, that was. Fu- I remember it now that was so funny because we had the laundry basket, and it was empty. I was like, hey, just push me by, and we'll see if Brian catches it. If not, we'll just leave. And then, like, we pushed by. I was like, you know, guys, I just got to do this interview. I'm going to go do it. <laughs> so I just went back.
0: Uh, I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. And, yeah, uh, I, I would have <laughs> probably been win there for, like, a good hour more or something. <laughs> but oh, my
1: God, that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, man. man. So what, what's it been like just watching UH since? You know, have you been – you had a chance to catch their away games on stream or whatever?
1: Yeah, uh, I've been trying to catch it as much as I can. It's hard with the, when they're in Hawaii and stuff. But uh, I know I caught a lot of games this year, trying to follow them as much as I could because I knew Drew was close to that assist record, so I know I wanted to watch that. And then what Coach Gannat had going with the whole um, bringing the alumni back and everything, I thought that was awesome. Like it really makes the alumni feel welcome back and makes them want to come back and keep coming back to um, visiting. So I thought it was really cool the way to do that. And then uh, what was the night the alumni night where everybody came back?
0: Yeah, I think they a, hit the game. There was they did a lot, actually several of those throughout the year. They had like a hundred hundredth season game have, against UC Davis. Yeah.
1: That game, I remember watching that game. It was like I don't think I've ever cheered that hard for like on a, t- on a cell phone for a game, but that was just an awesome game. And then for that to happen with all the alumni in the building, it must have been real special for those players in that situation. So it was really cool.
0: Yeah, Eddie Stansberry hitting the, the game winner mm-hmm. from the corner with a couple seconds left. Awesome. Um, and I, I don't know if you got a chance to see, I think, when they played at UC Davis, who was the opponent for that game. Yeah, when Hamuto went uh, crazy. And had yeah, the, the game I mean, winner. That, that was awesome, so. too. And one last thing I'll ask you before I'll, I'll cut you loose, Aaron. We uh, we did a little uh, bracket experiment during what <laughs> would have been the NCAA tournament time for uh, Hawaii Warrior World. And uh, you guys were the number one seed, the 2015-16 Incredibos, as you guys have kind of become to be known as. And I like that
1: name. It's a cool name. <laughs> the, the,
0: the people on Twitter, they backed you up, man. They um, yeah, voted you guys really through cool. all the way. and. Uh, I suspect there there may have been some you know support in the vote from yourself and some of your teammates and <laughs> maybe your families.
1: Yeah, I was voting every day. Uh, I loved that, dude. I thought it was awesome. Um, I got to learn about a couple of those teams I'd never even heard of or seen. So um, it was really cool to see that and see all those teams going against them. It would be cool if like we could do like a two K version thing of it and see how that that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. It was- yeah, honestly for me I thought it was awesome that they thought we were one of the best teams in history to be called that is just an amazing accomplishment and an amazing like thing to have. So um I take pride in that. Being called one of the best teams in school history is is pretty awesome.
0: Well, uh appreciate you guys taking an interest in it. That definitely helped it kind of move along, you know, get it out on social media and whatnot. Definitely. But uh, Definitely. What's next in the immediate future for you, man, with um, you know, everything's sort of on lockdown still you're you're in texas right now um things mm-hmm. are gradually opening up and you have a little time before the next season hopefully would would get going if if everything goes to plan so what, what do you think you're going to do in the meantime
1: uh just work out i know these past two months i really got really into lifting weights again and stuff so just trying to get my body right and ready for season i'm trying to just come in next season in the best shape possible because i know this past summer, I really didn't come in in good shape as as I should have been. So I'm kind of taking more pride in that and having my body ready and not being behind when season starts. So I think just getting ahead of the curve and just being as ready as possible is the best thing I could do. Yeah, non-basketball-wise, just spending time with my family, hanging out, um, just trying to get things moving and stuff life-wise. So We'll see where that goes in the
0: next year or so. I gotta go back to your dunking real quick because um, you know that that was one of your your signature skills while you were here, and you had some you had some good ones for sure, especially on some of those inbounds plays that um, uh, you guys yeah. drew up drew up your final year. But uh, what what do you think the best in game dunk you've had to date in your career would be? Not like anywhere, anywhere it could be high school, Oof. college, pros in Mexico, anything since. Honestly, the one that
1: Rod threw to me in Irvine's father best body-to-body body dunk I've ever had. Like The dude jumped straight up and tried to blog and I just got over him. And, done. and that dude like, was defensive player of the year in the Big West for like two years. So
0: oh, you're, like, you're talking uh, about uh, Will Davis? Uh,
1: nah, Galloway. Oh, okay. okay. John yeah. Galloway. Yeah. I think he was like a freshman or sophomore at the time. But Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I remember that. And then in Mexico, there's a couple ones where I caught a couple people in Mexico. Um, I don't know if you saw. I posted one a couple of days ago from finals my first year
0: i, like, I, have, not I have not seen it I'll, yet i've not
1: seen it i'll send it to you after but yeah i drove baseline and kind of just guy tried to meet me out there and bodied him and ended up dunking on him so it was pretty cool for that to happen in finals so i it was pretty it was awesome that's probably one of my favorites
0: do the fans out there you know have how, how do they react to a dunk like is it oh is, is it the same <laughs> everywhere or is it uh
1: yeah uh they go crazy they love it in mexico um as soon as I get a fast break, you just hear everybody go crazy and dunk it, dunk it. After the game, you have little kids coming in. Can you dunk it next game? Because you didn't dunk it this game. I was like, Yeah, I got you guys. So it's cool. I love it. Um, just having the fans and stuff do that and like come up to you, and want, knowing they want to see you dunk is is pretty special. So I just try to give them something to enjoy and stuff.
0: Is there is there a different word for dunk in Spanish? Uh,
1: I don't think so. Okay, maybe there is. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Um, and yeah, I, I got to ask you about that game seven real quick too, the, that, you know, being in that kind of setting, that kind of environment, I don't care, you know, if it's, if it's youth league or like, you know, yeah. obviously there's no series in college, but, um, having that opportunity to, uh, you know, be in a, like a winner take all setting like that. What was that like?
1: Uh, it was so awesome. Um, so our semi-finals and finals went seven games. So in semis, we lost game five. No, Yeah, game five on a buzzer beater at their place. So we're down 3-2 in the series, and we had to go back to our place and win two in a row. And game six and seven were just insane. And that those two games felt like more of a final series than our finals. But, I mean, that's not saying like our finals opponent wasn't hard or anything, but those games were just so intense, and those were like our rivals and stuff. And then when we got to finals, it was just like we knew this series was going to go seven just because how evenly matched it was. And then we won two over there in Monterey, which caught us by surprise a little bit because it's hard to win on the road in Mexico. And so we lost Game Six. And then going into Game Seven, we we're just like, we got this. Like, there's no way we're losing at home Game Seven. And just being in the game, and I had, <laughs> I had like six free throws in a row, and I like just mind went blank for a second. I missed two of them at least. And I remember my coach coming up to me after he won, was like. He's like, I saw you missed two free throws. Like, how could you, you give me a heart attack? Everything. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, next time I got you. <laughs> but it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great experience. It's something you never get to take back. Like, you just enjoy the moment. That's something where I tell people, like, you literally have to enjoy that moment. You can't think of anything else because when you're in that moment, like, game seven, everything, crowds cheering for you. There's no game tomorrow or anything. Like, this is the season. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. It's different feeling.
0: Alright. Well, Aaron, I'll I i want to end this kind of conversation a little bit how we started talking about, you know, the current events and what mm-hmm. we kind of find ourselves dealing with dealing with in a society right now. Um what I guess would be your kind of parting thought on on just uh what we can all do to kind of um you know, make the most of this moment and try to better ourselves.
1: Uh I think exactly just better ourselves. Like we just gotta find ways. Um we talk about equal, equal rights, everything. But when you look at the laws and everything, I don't see much equalness right there and all this stuff. And then it's just, it's hard. To, it's hard to talk about because there's so much stuff going on and so many different topics you could pick at and choose from and say, hey, we need to change this. We need to change that. We need to change this. So I think it's just going to be one step at a time. And we got we got to be patient, but at the same time, we can't let up. And I think that's one of the things because, I saw one thing is like, this wasn't a one-day thing. This wasn't a one-week thing. This is a continuous movement that we got to keep pushing for and keep fighting for because as soon as we stop fighting, they're going to think, we oh, they're done, so we could just go back to normal now. So I think just keep applying pressure. Keep I'm going to keep posting. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be trying to spread the word as much as I can with the people that I know or the people that follow me on my platform and stuff, and I know other people are doing the same. So I just encourage people to to push people and motivate them and help them see the better picture in the end and not just see one way and one side of everything. Just open your, open your mind and open your eyes more a little bit more.
0: All right. Well, um, AV Aaron Valdez, thank you so much for making a little time on the court sense podcast, man. Definitely. I appreciate you having me.